This is a steamroller. I like I'm just trying to get a little hyperbole in my life. Wait a minute. The validity. Our, our boy? A collective hour. <laughs> yeah, as in. yeah. The, He's this, claimed yeah, us as our. His. Would anyone argue we have that all buttoned up nice and neatly? It's like, we're still working on that. And we move at the pace of mud. And it's moving at the speed of light. He's like, uh, okay. <laughs> Greetings and welcome to another potentially useful TCAP Sloop podcast. My name is Larry Burden, and according to ChatGPT, our guest is a visionary leader who has been driving transformative change within our school district, bringing a wealth of knowledge and experience in implementing AI solutions in the classroom. Evan will be sharing insights on the potential of AI to revolutionize education, the challenges and ethical considerations that come with it, and the exciting projects that we've been working on to make learning engaging, effective, and accessible. So now that the pressure is off, we can open the mind valve and release this week's TCAPS loop moment of Zen. I dream of a better tomorrow where chickens can cross the road and not be questioned about their motives. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Good afternoon, Evan. Uh, you know, let's dive straight into this episode. Um, it's our final episode in our three-part AI and education series, and we figured we'd end with the director of technology for our district. Oh, boy. (laughs) So I'm going to start off with a real simple question, which is, what AI tips have you run across so far just in conversations? I mean, this 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 conversation that we're having about AI is so new that in the circles that you're in, what types of conversations are you having? Yeah, there's a lot of conversations about it. Obviously, I think it's exploded onto the scene, right? And and um, all the different avenues now that people are labeling correctly or incorrectly what's AI, what's not, or this is a we have AI functionality now with this new tool. We we can do AI email, um, and then just the straight you know we're using our Chat GPT. We got AI built into here. The conversation is is a lot of one of uncertainty of, I think, obvious recognition that it's here, it's important, it's game-changing, it's going to get used, right? Um, and so, you know, I think a lot of people want to take it to this next step or have these conversations about what we're going to do with it, how are we going to effectively use it, but we're also a little frozen in place, a little shell-shocked of where, where do you begin? Well, what is the right tool? Like I said, everyone's now coming out. It's just with all things, it's not really tech. It touches tech. It has a lot to do with tech, but it's so much bigger than that. But it, it follows that same pattern of tech of like, this is the new thing. Let's use it. Oh, we can plug it into this. We use this now, you know, whatever it is you're using, like all these tools. And then you get hammered with all the lovely advertisements or emails or, or conversations. This, I have a great new AI writing tool. This is going to improve your students' writing. It's specifically for students. You're like, okay, wow, that was really fast of you to generate that. Maybe you had AI do that for you. But it's everywhere or becoming to be everywhere. And so you're just, you're trying to get your hands around it. I like to do this action a lot, making my big bear hug motion. And it's really hard because it's just kind of ever growing. And so the conversations are a lot of, you know, we know we need to use it. How are we going to equip the teachers, the students, 
um, any of those users with with just the right not only tools like what is the right tool right to access AI, um, but what are the right guidelines, the right parameters for that, and and tons of stuff is coming out, but. It's it's very gray right now, in my opinion. And so I think a lot of that conversation is people like staring at the table across from each other being like, so this is a thing, huh? And you're like, yep. Now what? And you're like, oh, boy, here we go. Let's figure this out. Okay, so you're steering the ship. What what is our course? What should we be focusing on? There's a lot of, you know, as you said, this, there's a lot of gray in this right now. If you had to get laser focused, I hate that term, by the way, <laughs> get laser focused on one thing regarding AI and education, what would that first step be? What would that first piece be? I think it has to be the conversations. And I, I will give credit to a lot of the people, leadership here at TCAPS and, and what I've heard just around, like you said, in, in these groups and circles is framing that for the teachers or letting them have the discussion and trying to find the resources and time to how is this fundamentally changing what you're doing right now in the classroom? Because it is like some of these typical, you know, just tried and true response prompt, essay, question, any of that. I, I can get that done for you in about six seconds. Give me the prompt. Give me a computer that maybe doesn't have, you know, filtered access and get me to a, a platform like a chat GPT and bam, I'm writing that out. So is that really valuable when if a student can do it? And then I think as we've seen out there. There's so many people just in the business world taking advantage and saying, well, I can get twice as much done because any of these menial tasks are just, you know, things that aren't super heavily kind of creatively involved. It's taking care of those in minutes. So they're, be, they're able to get these things done, accomplish that, and then focus on other projects or just get more of those done in such a short time. And so there goes a lot of that with, again, like I said, tried and true teaching things. So we need to give them the time, the resources, the, meaning the teachers, to, to really rethink some of that in terms of their curriculum, to be like, if I could get this answered in, say, a chat GPT or some sort of AI engine uh, in minutes, then then is this even the right question to ask? And, and how do I, I frame that? So again, not really even a tech thing, right? It's, it's impacting because of the tech they can access. And so that's a big one, and that's hard. We're banging on the door all the time for time for everything curriculum review how are they re reevaluating what that looks like tools that they're using in the tech world you know how am i applying this to what i'm trying to teach how does this improve or not my curriculum the standards that are being taught and if they're the right standards and and how you achieve them and what content's going to address them so hey, just throw this on top and we'll knock this all out maybe by the end of next week which is not realistic so it, it's hard but that to me is like the first and foremost, how are teachers going to have the time to, you know, how can we give them that time and that resource to really reevaluate how this is going to impact it? This is a, a fundamental change in how we view the processes of education, because a lot of those processes, when we're talking about standards, artificial intelligence might be making a lot of those processes that are included in our standards irrelevant. It's hard because it's a lot of time intensive work and and without probably maybe asking the question to the AI, it's giving that time and having those hard conversations and, and digging up potentially some already older, I don't know if wounds is the right answer, but existing issues that we're still working on that we haven't quite accomplished. Like, like you said, the standard conversation is some, one that's been going on and is continuing to go on and, and needs, you know, kind of a constant update and evolution. 
And now we're talking, you know, warp speed. So it was already not happening fast enough because time is precious commodity. We don't have enough. Teachers don't have enough. You know, there's not enough time in the day to get all these things done for the students and the and uh, the teachers themselves how it is. And now you have this platform that's learning at an unimaginable rate. It's got to happen. You know, we're doing it with the standard piece. Uh, we always have been. And so now we just have to kind of get this AI question slash discussion in there and figure out what we can do to just hold on as best we can to develop with it and, and use it as a, you know, a tool for good, a force for good, as opposed to letting it kind of sit on the outskirts and just, well, I know the kids are using it to to cheat, right? Or to answer their homework or get those questions done. And one thing I really don't want to see, and it started off, I think, really heavily like this, is finding the tools that are being developed to catch AI. Here's your AI detector. I'm like, that's unfortunate that that's like our first priority as opposed to maybe just, again, a reimagination of. So if it's already making this question irrelevant, what kind of questions do I need to ask? That doesn't matter if they have access to the AI. I'm still getting what their thoughts are. I'm still getting them to process. Um, but instead, yeah, you get the share outs of all these companies and they're like, oh, it'll tell you with whatever percent accuracy if this is AI. You're like, great. I'm glad we spent a lot of resource on that. That's doesn't you, seem to move the needle for me. You're using AI to <laughs> find AI. Yeah. Anyway, that, you know, this in many ways is an opportunity for us to move past some of the stuff that we don't necessarily want to be spending time in the classroom on. I was looking at, I think, on the ISTE uh, site recently, and they had a, um, several good documents that they had just released, but one of which was pointing out how well AI was doing. It was scoring between four and five on most of them. Not all of them, for sure, but most of the AP exams, it was scoring it between a four and a five. Again, that, that probably tells us some things about some of the questions that we're going to need to be asking, not to outsmart AI, but to leverage it. I think you get my get what I'm saying. You get what you're saying. So, AI probably could have said it a little bit clearer. You know what? But, I am going to throw that into yeah, chat GPT just, a little bit later. For the future. <laughs> or you could po post that. It. You know, we've talked about a lot about in the last two episodes is the need to use AI and then look at what AI is generating critically look for your bias, look for what is relevant to you, and then go through that editing process. It can be a tremendous opportunity. And I think there's plenty of people who look at it like that, which is good. Um, those who, like we said, maybe are looking at it the other way or how to catch it. Um, we're, we're looking backwards and it's already you know 10 steps ahead of you. So here's an opportunity to totally transform you know what you're doing and, and maybe potentially use the tool itself to help you do that transformation. And so that, just as we said, if, if people a lot of times in the business world are, are leveraging this to get done some of these tasks that would just take time, and that's really the only commodity it requires is not a lot of brain power, then why aren't we looking at that? This? How are we going to leverage this to be so much better than we could be? And and likely, and probably in a good way, say, and get rid of the stuff that we are just so sick of doing or that this has, whether we thought it was uh, not important, AI has shown us, it's like we said, if it can answer these questions this well, if it can write a prompt or whatever it is you're doing, you're like, dang, maybe that wasn't a very enriching activity in the first place. And, and that's hard for a lot of people, myself included, to sometimes get that thrown back in your face. But if you can do it and then use it to improve, like you're only getting better and hopefully just becoming a more valuable asset um, as a student, as a teacher, just as a member of society to 
keep moving and be like, these are all the things I can do and I can use all these tools at my disposal to get it done better, quicker, faster, stronger, whatever it is. So there's a lot there. Um, and like we said, we're kind of just at the beginning, but it is moving so, so fast that you got to try and at least jump on it while you can. I'm going to have you put on your rose colored glasses here. What's your best case scenario for AI in five years? Oh man, best case scenario is is everyone's um, letting AI do all the busy work you don't want to do and we're all just sitting in really thoughtful uh, Socratic conversations and having some really deep thought. Um, just enjoy, you know, getting to school or whatever you're doing and sitting down and having these by you let AI kind of do all that nonsense that you dread on a Monday or Tuesday. And, and you're just like, yeah, I don't, I don't do that anymore. That's, that's AI's job. You're like, I, I'm, I'm here, you know, I'm the idea guy. I'm the people person. I'm making these connections. I'm doing the fun stuff. I'm having that critical thought. I'm tackling big problems that don't take a couple word answers. I mean, something like that, you know, and, I think the ultimate goal is AI is handling all that stuff so that we as a people as supposedly kind of this more soulful being as opposed to your computer can, can enjoy that, enjoy that freedom to, to do the creative stuff, to get away from the things that no one should be spending their time on. It's, it's not worth the brain power. And so you handle all that. That, that's ideal. That's really rose colored. That's for, in five years. That's getting the in job five done. Years, so in a reality look ahead, but still hopefully in a rose colored view, I would say what you're starting to see is totally the, the mindset, as I've already said a couple of times in that business world of what are these really simplistic things that we're doing that AI can now kind of handle? And then where are we able to uh, dig deeper into some of these things that probably I would hope most people and teachers were like, man, I'd love to spend some time doing that, but let's start talking some real theory, right? Let's, let's, let's dive deeper. And so I'm just hoping that, you know, we continue on that upward trend and that we're okay with releasing that, that responsibility. We have these super powerful tools. We're going to let those guys do that. Um, cause I know whether I let you do it in school or you're at home, you're probably going to do it. And so let's, let's make this time that we have in person, right? That we're here working with each other. You're collaborating really meaningful. The kids are going to be using it at home, but not all kids are going to have access to it at home. True. What does that mean for us in regards to equity? It amplifies the issue I think we were already pretty aware of, something that we've been working on in terms of equity, getting them the access. You know, nothing brought that to kind of the forefront more than than the pandemic, right? Which is hopefully in the review now, but it was still there. It was big. I mean, still, it's not like COVID's gone. Well, and now I have this, right? So now, now we're just stacking more things on top of each other that are kind of amplifying the equity issue. And so... I would say thankfully for our department and I know even at a higher level here, you know, our administration has always been aware that it's something that's we're, we're not 100 percent you know, access at home. Um, that's a really hard stat to achieve. And so we are constantly kind of trying to think through like, so what are the different ways we do this? How do we make it work? You know, there's there's obviously state and, and national programs that are also trying to tackle that and, and the broadband initiatives and, and getting that out there. And so if we have the resources as well as, as our district, like how can we help build that out? I think we're coming close to some ideas that will potentially hopefully be really good. 
right now it's kind of all theory and conjecture. So I don't want to just drop it like it's going to happen for sure. But yeah, we're, we're, we're getting there. We have a future, really great team thinking about it. Future conversations. I can see that. Yeah. Last thing, last thing. What are you using AI for now, if you are? And what do you hope it takes off your plate? Wait, <laughs> stop recording. We'll just talk about this separately. No, um, it's not that I've been, I guess, wary of of using it. Like I see totally the value. I, I have been wary of the data it collects, which I think has been well kind of documented at this point. It's how it works, right? It's got to collect all this data. Otherwise, how it's it's not going to really know how to respond. So you got to be really cognizant there. I, I've dabbled in kind of using it for any type of analysis of non-identifiable data. So anything that I know that won't tie back to anything or I can strip out some of those key components but still get a decent analysis because, you know, creating and, and I guess looking at spreadsheets of, of just usage data or anything like that, um, which we do have to do in my world, obviously, is is the bane of my existence. I just, I can do it and it's always satisfying to get the results, but man, the in-between to me is just so painful. And if I'm sure many people have seen you dump that stuff in like a chat GPT and here you go. And you're like, wow, that was really nice. So mm. I'm a big fan of that. And but again, I haven't found like it's not like a everyday use for me, but I've found sometimes and I sometimes have to remind myself, I'm like, oh, wait, there's there's a way to maybe do this faster. Let's see what this what this produces. Um, and as a tech but non techy guy, right, in terms of like scripting or are really kind of more than basic formulas, even in spreadsheets or, or just any of that, like real low-level coding that sometimes we get into. Um, like I said, I'm no expert. Boom. I love using it for that because it's going to punch out, you know, a whole line of code for me that is going to do pretty much exactly what I ask. And I don't have to sit there and do a ton of Googling and all that. So I'm sure, shout out to all the coders out there, you probably feel triggered because you're like, oh, man. That's, I mean, and that was right. I didn't just, even think about that one. Just that is, like yeah. what we were talking about just a couple of years ago. It's like, oh man, this is an industry you got to get in. You got to learn to do it. Like I've always been in the back of my mind, like taking kind of little one-off webinars and courses. I'm like, I really just need to get better. Like I need to know how this coding works. And now again, it's one of those, I'm like, do I, do I need to know how it works? Or can I just ask a computer to pop it out for me? And it's, man, does it work pretty well? And then I've even used it to and I think probably in the spirit of where we're going with education, it's not the final product, but give me the initial draft or base outlines of things like contracts that I've never produced, right? And then, but then having this baseline to say, give to our legal team or just review and be like, okay, this is what it's doing. It's bringing in certain clauses and things that I would have never known how to do myself. And my best attempt at cutting and pasting from old templates, like probably would have messed it all up. And I can just literally ask it, you know, write me a contract draft for using this within our, our district or something that I might be responsible for. And so that's been super helpful. And again, like something that normally I would just like be blankly staring at the screen and could probably argue to anyone. I'm like, oh, this is easily a two week project for me. I'm like, it's not anymore. It's probably about a 20 minute project for me. And then I still need to have it reviewed. So that's been super helpful. So those those have been the big ones that I definitely like, like I said, I sometimes have to like pinch myself and be like, you've been talking or been talked to so much about this tool that works. You should probably take advantage of it and get done some of this stuff that you would sit there and maybe bang your head against the wall for you. You have no reason to continue to do that. Is there anything else? 
that you'd like to add on, on this topic. You have you have the last word. Oh man! You know we're we're never going to talk about artificial intelligence on this pod oh, again. Good, good. So this is it. You are the capstone. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a three part series is probably plenty, right? So this is the good capper. No, the la- I mean the last word is there's we're a long ways from from sliding into home, and so you know I'm hoping to be a part of the conversations uh, as we just talked about of of making it better, using it effectively. And it'll be really crazy to see, like, we need to do that five-year revisit. And let's see where we're at. We probably, we don't even need to sit here and record it. I'm sure we'll just have the, the computers do it for us. So, yeah, I think what the future holds is going to be the most fascinating thing. And, and I think that anyone who tells you they know is totally lying. So you can take that one as my last word to the bank. There we go. It, it's a hallucination, <laughs> yeah. as they say. All right. Well, with that being said, hey, where can we, they find you, Evan? On the, uh, on the socials, on, on the, the socials. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so still hanging on by a thread on X, formerly known as Twitter, just my name, Evan Obranovic, and then still been going strong. Like I said, LinkedIn seems to have had a little bit of resurgence. So that's kind of a, a useful one that at least I seem to trust the legitimacy of. So you can find me on LinkedIn. There's like professionals name. on there. Yeah, it's, it's like professional and, and pretty good there. And those are probably the two that you'll get the most out of me from. Awesome. Well, you can find TCAP Sloop on LinkedIn, Facebook, and on Instagram. Also on YouTube. We're actually on YouTube now. These Ooh, things are getting that's uploaded exciting. on YouTube. So uh, with that being said, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Podbean, CastBox, Overcast, Bullhorn, or wherever else you get your ear candy. Thanks for listening and inspiring. <laughs>